Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Left of Straight Show with your host, Scott Fullerton, as we discuss everything under the rainbow sun, from LGBT issues to foodies, entertainment to books. Join us as we talk to some of the most interesting leaders and celebrity LGBT guests and allies on the Internet. So grab a cocktail, it's always happy hour somewhere, and enjoy the show. Now, here's your host, Scott Fullerton. Well, howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to Left the Straight Show. It is Monday, June 10th, 2019. We are live from the Indulge Resort in beautiful Palm Springs, California. Hope you guys all had an amazing weekend. I uh, got to sneak down to L.A. and see a fantastic uh, show at Fringe Festival. It's a play that our buddy Benji Schwimmer is um, choreographing, and it is... uh, uh, a farce on Trump. It's called the second annual Trump family reunion. They did the first family reunion last year in New York, and they brought this here to L.A. for the Fringe Festival. So I had a lot of fun going to see that, and a lot of our friends over there. So that was very cool. Um, then I was going to go to Pride, but it was just too busy for me, and you know I don't like to be a crowd. So uh, we just kind of playing it by ear here, but it was a, otherwise a great weekend had by all. Um, we're going to hear about Pride in a little bit for some people that were on the street at Pride. Uh, big thanks to Benji for getting us the tickets to that. And uh, big thanks to Warner Brothers Studios, who let me and my first guest here uh, go to the Warner Brothers tour on Friday. That was a lot of fun. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, while I'm here, I want to give a big shout to our sponsors before we get started. Of course, to the Indulge Resort in Palm Springs. If you haven't been here, and you are a gay male, you need to come on down. Um, the owners, John and Sandy, are incredible hosts. Raymond, general manager, is very attentive, and all your needs will be met. We have free breakfast, uh, continental breakfast included. We have happy hour every night, 24-hour pool and jacuzzi, beautiful rooms. So check it out. If you go to www.indulge, spelled I-N-N-D-U-L-G-E dot com, you can check out all the rooms they have available all summer long. You can see me for the rest of June here. You can also check out their social media on Twitter and Instagram. It's at IndulgePS, which is I-N-N-D-U-L-G-E-P-S. And their Facebook is Indulge Palm Springs. So be sure to check them out. Our other sponsors, media sponsors and allies, Pink Banana Media has offices in New York and L.A. They are fantastic for LGBT businesses. They're a great PR and marketing firm. If you need some help with your LGBT business, they are the people to go to. Look for Matt Scalaret in New York or Fabrice Cassendo here in L.A. The I Love Gay 360 Twitter network, thanks to them. They've been shouting out on Twitter all of our events happening here for the last month and a half. So thanks to them. Uh, Now Trending App is part of the Hillcrest Social Network down in San Diego, California. They 
do all sorts of LGBT events in San Diego, LA counties, the Inland Empire here. So you can download the Now Trending app on your iPhone or Android. Uh, Kathy's Confections is an amazing baker here in the Inland Valley. She provided us with some great cookies for my guests, and she makes these really cool little book cookies. She can decorate anything you want on them. Uh, Patches O'Hool is out of my neck of the woods in Columbus, Ohio. If you want any patches, pins, anything to do with any part of the LGBTQ, LMOP community, she's got every badge. Um, you can look her up under Patches O'Hool, O-H-U-L, online or on Instagram or Facebook. CBT Candle out of L.A. and Travis Hunt Productions in L.A. helped put our gift bags together for all my guests on this trip. So a big shout-out to them and all the things they were able to do. And Embroidery to You out of Las Vegas, my good bed friends, Dennis and Zoan, friends since kids, made my gift bags and embroidered the Left Straight logo on them this year. So a big shout-out to them if you need any embroidery needs. They will do small runs, large runs. Look them up on Facebook, Embroidery. The number two, Y-O-U. So thanks to all of my sponsors for sure. Uh, our restaurant of the day, you guys can't see us, but we are enjoying a little bit of Thai smile here today. Mm-hmm. Yum, um, yum. Amazing Thai and Chinese food. Uh, 100 South Indian Canyon Road here in Palm Springs. They're open 1130 to 930 every day. They have a loyalty club. They have a happy hour from 2 to 6. We're trying a little bit of their pad Thai a little bit of, of vegetable dumplings, um, fresh spring rolls with shrimp, a um, shrimp curry, a threes company, and a teriyaki beef. So Amazing. yummy stuff for that. Thanks them for helping supply us today. And that's about it. So I'm going to do some guest introductions. We're going to take a quick break so we can uh, refresh our beverages because this is an adult show here. We might need an adult <laughs> beverage to go around. Uh, but I want to welcome to the show Mr. Terry Ray, great friend of the show for all four years we've been doing this, Woo! actor, writer, producer, my sister's so gay, child of the 70s, still on that frickin' island, and so many other things, plus electricity we'll be talking about. Yes. Terry, Hi, thanks for coming down again. Oh, you think for coming to you for Palm Spring. Hello. Yeah. This is your new, new home. Well, you live here now. Now you're coming to visit you are me. Local. In my brain, you're coming to visit me. I am. That's the only reason I'm afraid to show you. Because Terry Ray is here. Because it's more convenient for me. Thank right. you. There you go. And right next to him, Mel England, also a fantastic friend of the show. Thanks for coming back in. Yay! Mel's done so many great things. Uh, best day ever. Ron and Laura take over. How does it take back? America was just on. Um, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime yeah. day. I saw it last month. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love watching whatever I can. A great farcical. In today's day and age, you laugh about this kid. That semi show as well. Uh, such a great um, HIV and LGBT activist. Thanks for all you do, buddy. Appreciate you coming back. Oh, thank you, Scott. We're talking about here. electricity There's a little. A lot of electricity to talk about. A lot of electricity to talk about. Uh, Tommy Grassi, I haven't decided if you or Matt Stern from Canada get the farthest away award, but uh, <laughs> thanks for coming all the way from beautiful downtown New York. We appreciate you coming down. Oh, it's great to be here at home. Well, in person, finally. There you go. We get to meet in person. Tommy and I spend a little time this weekend together. Tommy is a producer, a writer, and an influencer out of New York. He's produced such great things like the East Siders web series. He has his own blog, Chico71, where he talks about travel entertainment. 
um, all sorts of great things. He's going to report us on L.A. Pride because you were here specifically for L.A. Pride this week, right? Uh oh, we will find out all about that. Terry uh, Lynn is killing us, probably. We'll talk about that one. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. Wow. And last but not least, we have our good buddy Adrian Christian back on the show, singer songwriter. Good to have you back. Thanks for coming in person for the first time. Thank Amazing. You. Speaking of legs, up the ice, it hasn't not remiss on me that I am the only one with my legs covered there in this room. Oh. Those are you listening. But I'm going to show a little leg right now. There you go. There you go. Oh. Oh. It's sexy, though. <laughs> Let's start that Instagram feed. It's going to be fun. Finally, look at it. It's off the resort, taking over. I was afraid. I Adrian is an amazing singer and songwriter, one of the very first Christian pop off LGBT yes. singers. We'll talk about that one more when we talk about last time show. His all-consuming fire was an amazing piece of work. He has a new album to talk about very soon. Um, his mission tour took him all over the state, and he's just back from court work in Puerto Rico, so we're going to talk about all that. Welcome to the show, Thank friend. you so hey. much. It is going to be a fun time had by all. We have our good friend Jordan as my intern hanging out over in beautiful Northeast Ohio running our board. I want to say hi to Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hello, Ohio. Jordan is my gorgeous intern out of Northeast Ohio. Go to school in Western Pennsylvania. I got such a great group of interns. Guys, you can't believe this. I advertise for interns for free. I'm not going to pay them nothing, but hopefully they'll learn something. I'm learning something from them. I have Jordan, who is a lovely college student, amazing graphic design artist, full-fledged ally of the community. Wow. We have Taylor that has two moms and is an amazing ally of the community, nice. has her own web channel. We have Ashley, who is amazing, out and proud uh, lesbian, black lesbian out of Pittsburgh that's going to have her own amazing show very soon. We have Chris McBride, who's an amazing ally to the community. And then we have um, Audrey, who is a transgender woman who has her own uh, YouTube channel and everything. So amazing work. It's just such a diverse group, and they're working for free, so thank them. Thank you. Love them. But hopefully we're learning something for each other. Jordan's done some amazing graphic for us already. So, Jordan, we are going to refill the cocktails here. So we appreciate you running the boards. Let's play a little Brian Justin Crumb. Uh, this is his uh, circles. I love Brian Justin Crumb. Brian is amazing. He was on the show about two months ago. Oh. We'll play those circles. We fill our cocktails. When we come back, we're going to have a couple of group questions for all of my fabulous guests here. And we'll go a little more in-depth on what's happening in their lives. So, Jordan, take it away. You're listening to Left with Straight Show live from Palm Springs at the Indulge Resort. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Woo!
was trying to overcompensate uh, by by doing other things. I'm gay, but I'm smart. I'm gay, but I'm this. I'm gay, but I, but I can overachieve. Right. So those things were. Oh, but I love God. You know, those things were. And then you know, just in the last I think five six years, it's been like, you know what? This is it. This is it, people. Uh, I really you. don't care what you think of me, and mm. I really love who I am, and I think God makes no mistakes. Amen. to that. Cherry Ray. <laughs> well, I was a very obviously gay child in a world. <laughs> really? Right? In a world where nobody was gay. Right. So I didn't know what I was. I just knew I didn't like the same things as other little boys. So you were different. And I was taunted and teased, but I didn't know. I didn't. No one told me gay things. I, all I knew was Sodom and Gomorrah. That's all I yeah. knew. And there was no internet television except, you know, you kind of think, oh, Charles is Miley. I like him. Uh-huh. Uncle Arthur from The Witch. Well, I Right. So, but I didn't have any role models. And the first time I did a play where there was somebody gay and who was openly gay, I was 17, and he gave me the willies. He was really like creepy. And I'm like, that's why gay people are like, oh, I don't want to be gay. Right. So, so I went, you know, I went to church and I went to a Bible college to not be gay. And then I'm finally like, girl, you gay. <laughs>
you know, I, years ago I saw Susie Orman on Larry King. Mm-hmm. And Larry King asked her, so when did you come out, Susie? And she was like, well, you know, Larry, I never really came out. It's just that nobody cared until she became Susie Orman. Right. Yeah. And so there was a thing that happened at a certain point in my career when I started, started doing certain things where I was like, people were asking me these questions. And I was like, well, and I had to then kind of come out again. Because certainly as an actor, right. for most of my, you know, growing up, there was a currency in staying kind of in this vague, weird, you know, you're not really, you know, he's like possibly not, maybe, you know, just in his theaters, nobody really gave a shit. Right. right. Like, Am I allowed to say that word on this? That, that's as far as we can go. I'll talk about that in a second. Well, yeah, that's about as far as we can go. If you were here last week, you could have let it fly. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, but this, this week, that's as far as we can go. Okay, but, you know, like, but, you know, there was a censoring of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then that certain point came where I was like, okay, it's going, uh, practically, it's going to go on my resume. Right. And I came out with, you know, my HIV status, too, which at the time was a very... Yeah. Fantastic conversation about that. Crazy thing yeah. to, you know, at that, but I had to. Because it was like, if I'm going to be myself and be on the planet, and certainly it's nothing to be ashamed of, I've gotta, I'm going to be here. And I'm taking up my space, and I'm taking up my quota of oxygen, people. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I love that. Fantastic. So what does pride mean to you overall? I, You know, I really feel like pride, you know, it's so weird because sometimes I think, like, there's this thing that happens where, you know, people, like, go to this extreme of that they think pride is about being just all sexy or all this. Or all. I think it's just being okay with yourself. Yeah, right. I think it's really about – it's not about the opposite of shame. It's actually about, yeah, God, God made me gay. This is a divine experience. Absolutely. And, and not only is there nothing wrong with it, it is ordained. It is meant to be. I love that. I love that. I, I'm of the same ilk. I, I told my story last week, my coming out story. But I think as, I mean, Tommy, you're from New York, so you know that it's blowing up in rainbow glitter right now because we have New York City pride. We have um, world pride for the first time in the United States there. But it's also the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Yeah. So it's kind of making me kind of making me rethink pride because I think pride, I've, I've always been very dichotomized where is it about the, the being you and the festival part of it is about the protest. It's like, hey, we're here and it's part of us now. Mm-hmm. We're taking pride. We're owning this now, mm-hmm. uh, which is what Stonewall was all about 50 years ago. Yeah. And especially when we get into today's administration where things seem to be going backwards again. Right. It's time to start owning that power again and maybe being a little more protest-oriented. But I, I like what you guys say. I think pride is about yourself. It's a personal feeling, and I think that's a fantastic thing to talk about. So great, great, if great. I, if I may add just that it's uh, the 50th anniversary, the, the, the silver lining is it's an opportunity for us to share with the kids, mm-hmm. and the kids can say, oh, what happened? And because for the last 10 years, I think, or, so, or more, people have been ignoring or, or forgetting, but it's to remember that exactly what it was all about. Right, and I forget it every time, so I feel bad. Listen to last week's show, but they're making those two permanent monuments to the actual trans and women activists that's that were right. part of Stonewall that right. never get recognized wow, the first right. 49 years, but now they're getting 
Good. Permanent statues this year, so that's pretty exciting wow. as well. And I yeah. think, you know, just to that point, I, I think there is, there is so much about mentorship. You know, I just, my mother just called me recently uh, talking about a friend of her, her, anyway, really religious friend of hers. Her son came out to her. He's a teenager. He's African-American, very homophobic family, and, and there's a part of that community that can be highly, mm-hmm. very right. sensitive about that. And so she came out to him. And, you know, so he was, and she called me for advice. And so I was just talking to her and saying, you know, how great it was that she was being that for him. And because I said, you could have, you could be saving his life. Yeah. And, and it made me re put all the experiences I had in context. Those guys at uncle Charlie's or whoever I was hanging out with, or the guys at the March in the, in the eighties or whenever, they were showing me, hey, there is a way that we can exist here. You can live a life. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're taking up space and, you know, we're not giving it back. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well said. Um, I guess we should talk about it very briefly, but I don't want to give it much oxygen. Mm-hmm. But what are our thoughts about the stupid straight pride happening in Boston? Have you guys heard about that? Um, absolutely ridiculous. Formed by... Three people, one of whom is gay. How self-hating can you be in that respect? Mm-hmm. Um, and they just named their grand marshal um, that Milo Yanalopoulos weirdo to begin with oh, is now their grand marshal. He's that alt-right yeah. strange person to begin with. They call him Marshal Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. Well, what a um, low parade that will be. Yeah, that's number one. <laughs> Oh, the yeah, and the flag in the knee, right? And number two, no, not and B, um, it's like, uh, you know, there's always going to be someone who's going to, you know, make some noise so nobody pays attention and, and whatnot. And and people know that this is just, you know, right. a, a bit, you know. Well, definitely there great. are, I mean, I think it was our friend Michael Picaro shared a link I mean, I don't. I didn't read the article. I admit it, but uh, <laughs> that there were some connections between some of the founders of this march in Boston with n- white nationalists. Mm-hmm. So I think right. there is a political agenda oh, there right. that is just yeah. about yeah. Nothing exactly. And there's been was. some great funny memes, rather there have been some serious things like, okay, when you can be fired for being straight in as many states as you can for gay, and you can have a straight pride. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things that before you can get to a straight pride, you have to answer X, Y, and Z. Are you oppressed in these areas? So it's a little little ridiculous. My, but my favorite meme was the one of the pregnant girl with the cigarette and the beer, and it says, straight pr- happy straight pride. <laughs> my favorite one so far is a line of cars around Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> they put little yeah. That's been my favorite meme so far. Right. So what will they use, though? What's the opposite of glitter? Oh, <laughs> is that really? Black <laughs> hole. Somebody once asked me why we need to show our pride and why the gay man needs to express it. And, I, and there was a straight man, and I said to them, well, no one in your life has ever told you you're not allowed to be a straight man. Right. right. Straight white man, actually. I mean, that's, and that's why I even talk about the concept of oxygen. I, I, meant, I meant that because it took me years, like in therapy, and I was like, to, to understand that the messages that I got 
for being gay. It, was, it wasn't just like, oh, you're bad or wrong. It was like, okay, the devil makes you this way. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, come on. Like, and if I haven't, if I have an orgasm or if I have an erection like that, that that's the way. You guys are lucky you can't see this. That feel that? Ow! That happens in a naked cell. Parties are all naked, yeah. I'm not going to talk about it. 
I've explored about it on myself. But I find it interesting. It seems like LGBT is trying to find its way back to having some of those spiritual roots. And I'd like to know what your feelings are, if any, on it. Well, uh, you know, this is something that I have thought about for a long time because partly because of my struggle with, you know, my own journey. And um, I think it was shortly before I got sick and almost died from AIDS in 97. Why? I had written a play that was very autobiographical. And it was based on this concept of being a young kid. What was the name of the play? Uh, well, it was called The Chosen Few. Okay. But anyway, but I never really did the play. At some point, some, maybe I'll get back to that. But, but, but I was truly trying to find, understand my own journey in a way. And it was, you know, about this kid coming, like, coming of age at a time. And, and there was a scene where the priest was telling him effectively, you're, you know, defective or Satan right. makes you that way or whatever. Yeah. And, and so the, 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 the character is trying to understand his place in the world and with God. And he comes up with this idea that, you know, God makes him gay. And a few years later, I was at the Pride Parade in New York, and I saw the people from MCC Church, and they had buttons. Mm-hmm. that God makes God made me gay. I'm like, wow, that's what I wrote in this book. And that's when I started to... You know, and I just recently had lunch with uh, Keith Mazingo, who's the new pastor who took over for Troy Perry for MCC. Okay. So that's what they've been talking about for a long time. And to me, it's just interesting because I guess what I'm trying to say is that I started to understand that regardless and what this character talks about, it's not even about religion. You know, it, it could, like, God could be, you know, a set of circumstances that happen in your life. God could be, you know, an organic process that happens through DNA. God could be the fact that you wake up one day and go, wow, now I feel like this. It's just timing. However you, whatever your concept of whatever we call God is, it's just the fact that I exist. I think, therefore, I am Descartes. And the fact that I exist and here I am, I'm gay, that that is fundamentally a First Amendment belief, it's a spiritual belief, that I have the right to exist and be gay, and God made me this way. And I, and I was exploring that because I felt like our community was so caught up on behavior, and we were playing into the, to the hands of our political opponents. Right. Because it's not, about, it's not about behavior. It's about identity. It's not about, you know, somebody could be gay and never have sex again for their whole life. I mean, I... I would pray for that. I'm trying to have that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a 1-800 number for Terry at the end yeah, of the show. So we can call it. But I'm just saying, yeah, it's about, it's not about physical behavior. It's about a spiritual identity. That's my feeling about it. I love that. This is a really important topic to me because, you know, I, I was raised in the church, and it was, you know, a very huge part of my life still is. And I could not come out because I, the church made me think there was something wrong with me. And if I was to come out as gay, that meant I was wrong. And it was a, it was a long, long journey. I went to Bible college or, you know, I was eh, I can't be gay. And um, finally, it, it, I just matured to the point where, you know what? I was made this way. God made me gay. And he loves me. I got to love myself. And so I 
came to the point where I could, I, I came out at church, which was the last frontier for me. Mm. And, um, I, 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 was, I went to this church for 31, 32 years. Wow. And in, in Hollywood, with Al, Al Yankovic goes there. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> um, yeah, great. So I was a song leader at the time. I had been a song leader for a long time. I didn't really care about being a song leader. I just was a song leader. And, uh, and uh, they, um, when I told them, I wrote them this letter. I'm like, okay, this was important to me. It's like, if this is a sin, and it's an ongoing sexual sin, right, then if we go by what the Bible says, that everybody here that's divorced is an ongoing sexual sin. And, and everybody, <laughs> yeah, yeah. everybody who's gotten a second marriage, you're in an ongoing sexual sin. <laughs> and, and I pointed this whole thing out. I just had shrimp and like, <laughs> <laughs> You have an ongoing sexual sin for a lot of reasons. I don't even want to get but I did it. I just laid it out there, and I, I, I did the facts. I'm like, okay, if, if, if this, you're saying this sin is worse, that's what you're saying. So um, they wrote me back, and they said, um, you know what? You're right. Um, we, 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 we accept you. We want you to stay here. We don't want you to leave singing anymore. And then I'm like, I don't care about that. And then I'm like, wait a minute. No. Because then you're saying it's a worse sin because right. I can't be gay and leave singing. So, no, leave singing or I go because you're treating me different. And I will right. not be treated different. And wow. I was the song leader, and they treated me like – and I thought, you know what? You have to be Good first. Good for you. That's you so have awesome. to be the first. I love that. So, Yay. Adrian, what's your experience? I mean, you have a lot of – Now, repeat the question exactly. No. Well, just what is what do you feel is the state of religion and LGBT right now? Because like I said, it's taboo for a long time. We have Pete Buttigieg who was like trying to reclaim it for the entire left, not just for LGBT, but just trying to bring it back to the political spectrum. What do you feel it is is the state of religion? Well, Mel and I know a lot of the same people. Uh, I've known Keith for fifteen years. Um, I've known him when he was also when he came the first time around to LA and when he was a pastor in um in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana and I thanked him over there years ago. Um I've been at this for a while. Um and I do understand the fundamental the the, the foundation of of that God created me this way. I also do believe though you said ordination ordained, I believe that I believe that we are um not only that created that we are created gay, but that that gay is actually a gift from God mm. to us, and yeah. I don't have it any other way. Amen. That's what the guy I talked about at the bar last night. He said Jesus would be the first one to say, "Go play in the bathroom." Yeah. Go to, he's, he's never going to condemn anybody. Well, for Jesus anything. never. You made never had want. any sermon about never, about it. Never, never, never spoke it not once. So I know that this is a, a, a discomfort for people who are uncomfortable with themselves, and they are projecting onto other people, and that's what this other straight parade is about, all these other things, that they're probably, you know, latent homosexuals themselves. So <laughs> the thing that I think is that um, there's been this understanding that gays are beginning to understand this uh, idea, because for a while gays were like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to know anything about church or religion or the organized religion or blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'd rather be an atheist. I'd rather, yeah, exactly. And so um, and then I tell them, well, that was people. That was not you and God. God didn't do that. So, so, God, so my relationship with God has always been 
my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. As far as where I think uh, the church stands today, and I think that even the Pope, the current Pope, is, 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 is beginning to open that door a little bit by having some inclusion and having people think about these. So it's slow. Um, and as far as the gay churches are concerned, we, I just came from Puerto Rico, and there's an MCC over there, mm-hmm. and we joined with them over there, and we put on group panels on people's homes all over so that uh, we had a Facebook fundraiser. I raised over $9,000, wow. and, and this was an idea that I just, it just came out. And I, so I got with the church in North Hollywood. Five of us went over there. And we did this, and we joined with the church over there. I found it interesting that the church over there, I haven't been to Puerto Rico in 25 years. Mm-hmm. And Puerto Rico is the territory of the United States, and they're Americans. And so even though there's, there's a little lag, there's like a little bit, it's a little behind. So, so there were people, a couple of guys, I didn't know they were a married couple. They were helping us with the roof. And the two guys that were married and were joking with us and everything else and um, – and then I found out they were married, and I said, well, you know, how's it been here? And he said, well, we actually took a break from coming, going to church for six months because, because, because when we go to church, people talk about us. They talk about us going to that church. And I said, it shouldn't matter. You have each other. You have God, your relationship with God. And if they're talking about you, and I know it's a smaller town, you don't really need them, and they're not really – and they and, and, and the more you – own who you are, the more people will respond to that, mm-hmm. to you owning yourself. That. Yeah. That's important. So mm-hmm. that I, I, I feel like it, it was, it blew my mind that that still goes on over there. I was bullied as a child over there in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. in, in school, you know, mm-hmm. in the fifth grade. So I went back after all these years. And uh, so I, my answer is that it's a slow progression. Very well. Any insight or anything? Um, I went to Catholic school until I was in eighth grade, but I have to say that in my adulthood, I kind of separated religion and spirituality, and I feel like your relationship to God, God is energy, we have energy, yeah. so it's about energy, so if I'm in the world and I'm creating good energy, and if I leave you feeling better than you did when I met you, or better than you did when we had, before we had lunch today, if our energy, if I can give you good energy, if we can give each other good energy, I think it's all, I think we're learning it's all about the energy. So I believe in God. He has energy. I believe I have energy. And so it shouldn't have anything to do with who you are, what color you are, what sexuality you are. Mm. It's about putting good energy out there and keeping that good energy going. And then you know who you should be with based on the energy flow and mm. feels good. I and mean, it doesn't matter, not sexually. It's just in the world and putting out the best energy you can. And I need to help you with this one. I'm sorry. If you say God is one thing, and you say God is another thing, and you say God is another thing, it is not for me to say that any of that is wrong. I think you're right, and you're right, and you're right, because God speaks to each of us in, in our own ways, in the way that we can understand and comprehend. So I think that's important for the listeners to get to, is that it's very important for us to respect each other and how we see God. Can I also add one thing? It's just that and when I was, uh, you know, so nobody, a lot of people would never guess, but on my mother's side, I'm Navajo and Pueblo, right? Oh. So years ago, I didn't understand her story and my story and the origin. I was, I did sort of this solo show about my mother called Navajo and I was, and I worked with a Navajo lonely man. And 
in the process, I started understanding more about Native, general Native beliefs, but also in the Navajo world. And, you know, in that world, uh, I, you called it God. That, that the, 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 the spirit that created the universe is male and female. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then actually masturbated itself into creating the first human. Wow, okay. Okay. So at the center of the story, you have a, like kind of like a bisexual hermaphrodite, uh, maybe we call it non-binary now, mm-hmm. masturbating humanity into existence. Mm-hmm. And the idea there in that world is that there's a he and that we all have, and the special people, the holy people, are, 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 two, are you know, two spirit. They're male and female. Gay people are considered to be the chosen one. So I just I say that out loud because that this is the world that we're living in. We're actually living in that world. The right. European stuff came from over there. The right. Middle East stuff came from way over there. I'm saying like the or, the original story for the land that we live in actually is closer to that. And I think we're returning to a more ancient truth about about what is actually our true nature. Yeah, I like wow. that. Yeah, I agree with that. Very cool. Yeah, I, I just and want to get to call one eight hundred Terry needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Date Terry now. Date Terry now. Nine hundred. Date Terry now. Lines are. I have a brand new phone. I can answer it. Yay! All right. Well, we will. Uh, I was going to whiplash us again, going from uh, state of pride to religion back to. Uh, the Tonys in theater, but let's take a little break. Oh, wow. people, can now we're talking. people can get a sore neck from that. So. George, why don't you go ahead and uh, lead us into the song. You're going to play little Hayden Joseph. This is different. You're listening to Left and Straight Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. Now iHeartRadio. We're going to talk about that when we get back. Uh, play us away, Jordan. Thank you. We'll be back in a couple minutes. God, if he was, sure he made me right. I don't like the things they like, and I don't play the games they play. I don't sing along with their songs or see anything their way. I wish I had a moment with a younger me to tell him different ain't a bad thing to be. only be remembered if you brush against the grain and if you go to places they won't go and never shy away from change the voices in your head that you silence every day soon we yell across the room so loud the world hears what they say i wish i had a moment with a younger me to tell him different ain't a bad thing to be. The fear inside your restless mind and the walls you built to hide behind. There's nothing you should worry about. Try 
not more. It's, it's, it's because it's so intelligent and it speaks to today. So it's, it's got relevance. Um, I think it's really a great thing that's happening. I, I think that we're all, all of us artistic creators that we are in this room, we continue and we, we thrive and we go forward, even despite the fact that at the moment we happen to have a, an administration and a government that is trying to take away the rights of a transgender in the military or, or a, a gay person, you know, and, and, and one by one saying, oh, yes, we approve gay marriage or happy pride, but yet behind our backs they're doing these things to take away the rights one by one. We know this is happening. We know a game is being played, but we're not being affected because the door's been already wide open and we're moving forward regardless. We don't need their right. permission. Right. Did anyone see Booksmarts yet? No. No. I want to see it. It's Olivia Wilde directed. It's her directorial oh, debut. Right. Who's an amazing actress. Yeah. Um, but the thing I like about it, it's been getting great press. It's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Wow. Um, but it, the thing I like about it the most, it has a fully formed out lesbian character in it. And, you know, so many of the movies, it's all coming out stories. We have the love songs. Yeah. They're good movies, but they're all coming out over right. and over. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is actually a fully realized lesbian, just the way it is, just part of who she is. It just mm-hmm. happens to answer who her character is in the movie. And I love that we're kind of getting to that now and talking about just as is. I mean, the theater community's always been ahead. TVs, movies are starting to come ahead. You know, I'm a huge um, comic geek and the Arrowverse on CW has open gay characters all the time. Right. I'm a upset they're all played by straight actors. But um but but yeah, that's just yeah, exactly. Uh, so I have a question about Broadway though. Um I can't think of a I mean we got the musical here, we got the musical the prompt, but it seems like they've all been all the gay Broadway actual Broadway shows have been revivals. Are they doing are you Broadway Yeah, but yeah. like, but has has a, a gay play made it to Broadway recently? A new one. Well, there because is the money, right? Well, it's, yes, it is the money, and it's the, but uh, there is uh, it is what's also a revival, uh, Bird Nest, which yeah, the revival is has a gay character in it. Revival, everything seems to be revival, yeah. and that makes it to that level. Yeah. I see. True, to a pre-tried, yeah. tried and true. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, it seems like a long time since there's been a gay. Broadway play. We do need some more content on Broadway. Which we need some risk-taking. Yeah. Risk yeah. Taking. But, right. you know, I do think the acknowledgement of TV, and, you know, it's really uh, right. important and powerful. One of the, I mean, uh, to give credit where credit is due, I don't think it, you know, I always like what Ellen did, what, you know, I mean, various people have done at certain stages now, what Pete Buttigieg is doing. Sort of taking right. But I want to give credit. Like, I think RuPaul has actually yes, really stuck in the mainstream oh, in a way yeah. and created a space where it's like, okay, we're going to actually, it's not just about drag. It's, they're going to break of gay. And that message that it's not about drag or not about gay, it's about the fact that we're all going through this thing that we're trying to, you know, accept ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's that universal message. Straight people in, you know, Idaho are watching RuPaul right. and enjoying that. There's yeah. something about content, though. So you, you made me think about this. You know, a friend of mine, well, she was actually in Ron and Laura Dick Becker Market, a Native American actress, Irene Bajar. Okay. And Irene was most famous as the voice and likeness of Pocahontas in the Disney film. Okay, right. And um, she, you know, was a steel person to the West. And she's an incredible actress. But, you know, 
she often talks about Native American projects and talking about how, you know, forever they've been stuck in a paradigm of what they call the trauma and the drama. And they want to move out of that and tell the new story so that they're not stuck in that old story. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at. We're at this place where we're just barely beginning to dust off the, you know, and it may be a while still, but I mean, can we just start telling stories of people that are just like living their lives? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think a great example of that too is Dear, Dear Evan Hansen has been just enveloped by the LGBT community and it's a straight show. Right. But I mean, it shows that there's acceptance there. I think the LGBT audience is a big part of Anyone's an outsider actually is part yeah. of that mm-hmm. audience, but I think the LGBT community really resonated with it a lot. Yeah. And I think there is a hunger for that type of thing. Sure. People are going to find that type of a story, an enduring story. And I think that's kind of little baby steps, as you're saying, not there. And I don't think we're close enough by any means. I don't know what's gonna, who's going to take the right, who's going to break through. Um, we'll talk about electricity in a bit. Something like that would be amazing. Um, but it's like we need to have people who are willing to take that risk and write the plays first. And then the, there's so many LGBT Broadway producers, kind of like the film, where it used to be closeted in the film. Everyone that made all these movies, but the closeted actors were all by openly gay directors and producers any behind the scenes. So would never admit to it. Well, I mean, historically, right. and almost a lot of them, I mean, a lot of the plays that we all think of, there's always, there were, uh, whether it was Williams or if it was William Inge or. Uh, um, um, and Iceman Cometh, Eugene O'Neill. There's a, almost always some character that you're like, this, there's something, there's some conflict around somebody that's not fitting in, and usually that's a gay, there's a gay element of that. I think that you can see that. So, um, but again, that was charged in that sort of celluloid closet kind of mm-hmm. place of like, there's something wrong and something bad. So we're emerging, and it's almost like we have a new voice. I mean, I think what's exciting now for the kids, what they get to figure out is, like, if we're not going to be, you know, one of the things we often bemoan, those of us in a certain generation, is like, well, we're going to lose our uniqueness because we're no longer the outcast. We're no longer the island of misfit toys. So, you know, that's something that also gave us a tremendous amount of creativity and resourcefulness. And so maybe these kids are, like, not having those same struggles aren't going to have the same, you know, uh, they're going to be more to just, like, ordering from L.L. Bean and, you know, uh, you know, whatever. Right. But I feel like there is an opportunity. I feel like, you know, to be queer, gay, whatever, there's this. It is a gift, and I feel like it's gonna. Where is that energy gonna channel when we're not just having to fight to just exist? What are we gonna do with that? Mm-hmm. I do think that um, even if we are not the outsiders so much anymore, mm-hmm. we're always going to be unique because what we contribute to this earth is uh, fabulousness. That's a good you know, and um, and if those three people aren't nice to us, we're not going to make their houses lovely. We're <laughs> <laughs> not going to do that. We're going to make their hair ratty. Uh, <laughs> we're going to, well, you know, yeah. you know. I mean, the thing is that what we bring is something that the world needs. Just like what they bring is what the world needs. Right. Each one of us. 
together makes the world what it is, not just the gays or the straights or this, this or that. You right. know? So I think that there's always going to be a need for our uniqueness, and our uniqueness will not go away. Maybe they should write a play about the fall one.
All righty, we are back. That is Adrian Christian himself with All Consuming Fire. Adrian, I'm so excited to talk to you again. Um, we were able to talk about the previous album when you were on the show before. You have a new album coming out, but you also have the 50 City Tour I want to talk about. Give us a little info on that. Well, the, uh, the 50 City Tour was, is, is, has been, is going to be end, at the end of the year, and it's to promote this EP that has All Consuming Fire in it, and it's been a series of churches and other places, and it ends in South America in the beginning of next year. And a, a radio programmer uh, discovered me and uh, started playing my music over there, and now they want a big concert. So, so they play me every day. I'm on regular rotation there. So that's exciting. I never, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you do something. And so I'm going back into the studio after that and recording a full pop album, a full straight-on pop record. Nice. And I'm excited about it. I'm really excited. And there's some dance things in there. And, and, um, and there's a music video coming out next month for the title track of this EP entitled A Song For You. And that's going to be the next single. Talk about um, putting these albums together. I like to talk to a lot of different singers. I've had quite a few on the show. With the state of music now, we have so much streaming and Spotifying and the this and that. Is it what for you as an artist? Is it better to do an album so you can have a cohesive set of songs, or do you prefer now is a trend to do one thing at a time and you still have a cohesiveness to it? Or what is the trend now for musicians? Well, the trend now is you know as much as possible, as quickly as possible, and song after song after song after song, and, and, and it doesn't have to be cohesive. But I don't work that way because, for me, it depends. Sometimes there's a time when I want to put a focus on one particular song and make that the event, like through a video or something, especially if there's like a political statement attached to it or something where we could do something with children or with race or prejudice or whatever. So sometimes it's like a one, one off, but most of the time I like doing an album because it has a cohesive message and there's a beginning and middle and an end and it's a story and it tells a story. And I like to connect people through story just the same way as a player movie. I like that. Very cool. And I want to touch on you. You did talk about it earlier, but talk about the Puerto Rico trip again. Cause I think it's amazing. I have a cousin that lives in Puerto Rico. She's been there 18 years now. She was in the Navy, U.S. Navy. Wow. Married a guy from down there while she was stationed down there. Um, and she went through that whole hurricane mess last year, and we had to mail her a generator and things. So there was ugly for quite a few weeks. Um, talk about what was the genesis of this idea, and what did you actually see when you got down there? Was it more hopeful than you thought? Was it still kind of iffy, or tell me what your thoughts were. I went there, I just got back last week, and it is absolute devastation. And people looked at me and said to me, we are screwed. And that's the truth, because they need $90 billion, and Congress um, only promised $20 billion, but they've been holding the money, and it's in limbo because of partisan battles. And all Puerto Rico got since the 2016, uh, 2017 um, uh, hurricane is $14,000. So. Yeah, and so because it's not in the news, people think, oh, it's gone, it's over. So there's been this uh, this kind of idea that nothing's going on, but the truth is is that people are just forgotten. They're just in the middle of nowhere in a country, in little shacks, and 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 people if they don't have if they have half a roof, um, and and water's coming down uh, on on the other half of the house, they'll just they just 
live in the other half of the house and nobody's complaining and food stamps were just cut. It's really, it's like all they want is their dignity and we are responsible for them because they are Americans. And so um, the genesis of this was that I, it was, God just used me really because I thought I want to get my mother to see my aunt who she hasn't seen for years. And I hadn't seen her, I haven't seen her in 25 years. I've been to Puerto Rico in 25 years. And then the hurricane came, and then I had to wait because for 10 months I couldn't even get her on the phone because there was no power and water and stuff like that. So um, then I got to connecting with her, and I said, okay, I'm going to go there. Then this tour happened for my CD, and then I thought, well, I can try to see if I can take my mother over there and see if I can sing over there. And then I had a date to sing over there. And then I said to the pastor, okay, what's going on there? And he said, this is really horrible. We need steel panels. We need rooftops. That's what we need. Because I said, what do you need? You need water? He said, no, we need rooftops. I said, okay, I'm going to bring you $5,000, and I'm going to bring you rooftops. And that's what I did. And I did a Facebook fundraiser, and we raised over $9,000. And I did a struck a deal with Home Depot, and we purchased all these steel panels over there in my network Puerto Rico, and then we uh, went over there, five of us from L.A., joined the church over there, and we did it ourselves. I have footage. I have interviews. I, have, I talked to the people, the people's lives and how it affected these people. It, it was a moving and stirring, life-changing experience mm-hmm. for me. That and I did the concert, but that was secondary. Well, thank you for doing that. That's just amazing and people work. did thank me, and it was, it was like they couldn't believe, like, oh, thank you for doing something. Now, I'm going to say this on the air. You know, J-Lo has her money, and uh, Luis Fonsi, and I know that Luis uh, Manuel Miranda, uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda from Hamilton did a show there and raised a million dollars, and I know that these people did great things. Now, I may not be Lynn Manuel Miranda, but they didn't get on a roof, and I did. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Yeah, they really still can use it. We were talking about that on my political show that I do, Monday through Friday show, that it took – and the one thing we used to always be able to agree on is aid packages. And this last yeah. aid package, yeah. it was stopped because they've, always, because they've always agreed on it and because they do what's called a unanimous consent bill where everyone just says yes, one person can stop the whole bill. It was stopped for three weeks in a row. Wow. And it was a little ridiculous. So wow. it finally got passed last week. Still not, they still tried to cut money from Puerto Rico. Right. But uh, it's an uh, it's amazing it's thing. So thanks for doing that. Yeah. I appreciate that. All right, Tommy Garassi, thanks so much for being here from New York City. This is your how many annual Pride Festival going to L.A., coming to L.A.? It's got to be at least five years, six years. And give us a, a Reader's Digest recap of this year's. How was it? It was probably just as great as last year. Um, I think that we saw a lot of surprises this year, like Megan Trainer brought out some drag queens. Wow. Uh, to perform in the middle of her thing. Shangela came out and did her whole Beyonce set and things like that. So it was exciting. Whenever you go, it's always not about who's necessarily on the bill, but who they're going to bring with them. Really? That's a surprise. Because last year, Christina Aguilera showed up with, again, with RuPaul's people. Like, the drag queens came out, and all, you saw all these tall women walking out. And all of a sudden, there was a little trouble in the back. And I like, no, that's not true. I mean, she's too little. And that voice came out, and everyone was like, wait, that's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, and then this year, there were people who covered in and showed up and um, who was there from uh, New York we had um, one of the drag queens that was in just in the, the play that was about the go-go 
We got the beat. Oh, oh. I, I don't know. Very nice. We'll be on the hunt for that. Um, and then you also have 
a new documentary you're working on calling Growing Up in Hollywood. Talk a little bit about that for me. That is, I got involved with that because of Aaron Schwartz, who is from Mighty Ducks. Him and his producing partner had this idea to go in and kind of delve into the, the whole history of people who grew up in Hollywood, who, people who made it, people who didn't stay in Hollywood, went to other things and did well in that direction. And some people who just kind of get lost in the middle of it. So I think they're going to do a few different people and then see if there's any similarities between them, see if anything we can figure out, like why do people go this way or that way. Um, you know, because when you're growing up in Hollywood, I think you, people have a lot of preconceived notions of what's going to happen to you next. And when it doesn't, you're left with that reality of what do I do next? Do I go, am I going to be a bagger in a grocery store? Do I get a degree in something? Do I go, I mean, some people, Alyssa Milano was really successful with her growing up in Hollywood. Right. Yeah. She's used it to her advantage now because she's at her political platform. So mm-hmm. you know how to kind of maneuver her celebrity. But some people can't. Celebrity is kind of an entity on its own. Mm-hmm. Which always fascinated me. So when they, I heard they were doing it, I thought. Well, who was who it was? It Webster? We lost about all the Webster kids. Oh, uh, they were having a real tough time. Different strokes. Different strokes. Different strokes. It's a rough thing. Because as an adult, it's a rough thing. I mean, imagine mm-hmm. being a child mm-hmm. and trying to handle this and mm-hmm. dealing with and also when you deal with failure in public, or not even failure, but if you deal with disappointment in public, I didn't get to the next level of my career, and everybody knows. So self-fame is so hard because I don't think people, I mean, I haven't experienced that on this level, but I have friends who have. And, you know, so I can only imagine being a kid, you know. And the thing is, is that I didn't realize it until one day I was with a friend of mine, and I went into a restaurant. And I saw all the heads turn. And everybody in this restaurant knew who she was, but she didn't know anybody in that room. And so you think that the famous person is the most powerful person in the room, but in reality, it's the opposite. They're the least, they don't have, they, everybody knows who they are. And right. Vulnerable. Right. Very vulnerable. Yeah. In a fishbowl, you're always in a fishbowl. So oh. Any misstep you take in your life, well, you especially a child, you know, it, it, it depends on how your parents are to you, yeah. how they react to your fame, how the people around you. Like you, you don't have that strength of age to be able to like you're. You have to have good people around you, or else you're screwed. Oh yeah, you have to support system. Everything. Yeah. Exactly. All right, and talk a little bit about Sins Unveiled. What can you share about that? Sins Unveiled is a thriller. That is a short film, and it's going to be start filming in eight days. We just did a crowdsourcing for that. We also did a crowdsourcing for Sigma too. Those are done. We raised the money that we needed, and um, that's going to start filming soon. And that's with um, Matthew, Matthew Davis. Okay. He's, that, and we're going to, he's also a producer of Rogan. Very cool. You can see it on my website because I interviewed him too. So we went into like a lot of the history of that. Nice. And we'll look at that. Well, Adrian and Tommy, thank you so much for uh, coming down to Palm Springs here. I appreciate hearing your stories. I love Palm Springs, and it's great that you're here, and we appreciate you coming out to the West Coast. We love, I we love, love it. I'm just going to get all your addresses and couch <laughs> my way from here. <laughs> and, all right. Tommy is a Palm Springs virgin. Oh, yes, wow. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Call the number for it to pop Oh, my goodness, we're going to have such hookups after this is over. Wow. Yes. Thank you so much, Scott. All right, Jordan, give us a U-turn on this. We're getting ugly down here. Uh, let's go ahead and play out. We're going to play one more Adrian Christian song. We're going to – which one did we have queued up? Oh, okay, we're going to do uh, His Eye on the Sparrow. 
I like that one. Um, this is going to be Adrian Christian one more time. When we come back, we're going to do our last interviews of the day. We're going to bring my buddies, Terry Ray and good old Mel in here. Lots to talk about. This is the Left of Straight show right here on Left of Straight Radio Network. Take it away, Jordan.
All righty, guys. We are back. That was another Adrian Christian song. Guys, we're going to go and talk a little bit now with Terry Ray and Mel. Um, Terry, let's talk about so many great things going on. Uh, Electricity will wait and have you both talk about in a second. Let's start with um, My Sister's So Gay 2, Season 2. Season 2, finally. Talk to us about okay, it. Okay, so uh, My Sister's So Gay, if you don't know, uh, we did the first season and Lonnie Anderson plays my mother. And the terrific Deborah Wilson, who does those great impersonations of Oprah and Whitney, is in it. And Tilton Jones, who is sexy and funny, and um, made it with my friend Wendy Michaels. We did a second season. We filmed it over a year ago. Uh, and it's really funny, but it took forever. Everybody was busy. It took us forever to get it edited. And now we're really down to the wire. It's going to be done soon. And then we'll be able to release Season two with Ray Don Chong going in the cast. So how fun is that? Yeah. It's nice. a fun season. It's a fun season. Mel helped out. He, uh, we we did a reshoot day and I, I needed an arm and Mel's arm did it. Ooh! <laughs> I was the arm extra. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've heard of hand models. I didn't know there was full arm models. Well, I'll model <laughs> other things depending on the prize. <laughs> I can only form a short arm. <laughs> Tabitha 
from Bewitched is Erin Murphy. And, you know, she's got a lot of issues, girl. Like, like you know, like one time <laughs> her dad walked in the room and he was a totally different person and everybody just, uh, you know, went with it. And she's like, it's not my dad. And same thing with her next door neighbor. Same thing with her boss's wife um, and her dad's boss's wife. So she has a lot of issues. Like, where did my grandmother live? I don't know. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of things. Oh, so we get to do that. We, have to, we get to have fun with the character and... And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I can't wait to do more. We've done some that are edited. I need, I need faster editing. That's my problem. So, yeah. There you go. But, well, but that show, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I have, I have a lot of surprises going to come up for that. Nice. So, yeah, Billy did a lot of editing, right? He's doing like 8,000 things. That's the problem. Billy's fabulous. He'll be Billy. on the show tomorrow. Billy. He's a busy boy. He's a busy boy. He's too busy for, for uh, the paycheck that he gets from me. Which so doesn't I, have any numbers on it. puts you on the bottom <laughs> of the list a little bit. Yeah, okay. No, it's not his fault. I don't yeah. want to blame him. Yeah, Billy Cliff will be on the show tomorrow. And uh, uh, he, he, he is an amazing talent in Hollywood. And directed TV therapy. Exactly. Now, Emmy nominated. Yes, Emmy nominated Billy Cliff. That's right. We have to add that. So I'll yeah. remember that tomorrow. Uh, and then we have Mel England here. Yeah. Love having you back on the show. You know something great. I mean, you're you're by coastal. You are. Um, I'm by. You are by. You oh, yeah. spend some time. Oh, I'll buy that. In uh, New York as well as here in LA, you have a lot of great projects happening back in New York, including something working with the Lavender Effect, I believe, or is that New York? Well, New York? yeah, I am. I have officially joined. Besides, you know, about a year and a half ago, my friend Andy Sacker, who was the founder and executive director of the Lavender Effect. Uh, asked me to consider being on the board. And, you know, I'm an actor, and I've been an actor my whole life, basically, and I'm also very politically interested, and I've been a gay activist. But there was something so fantastic about suddenly being able to be part of something, much like you're talking about, where it was like, because, you know, part of the problem when when you do what we do is it's seemingly, and it is just seemingly, seems to be all about you, all this, like, what am I doing for my career? And, you know, yeah. uh, social media, a- agents, auditions, and, 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 and it starts to, and really, that's not why I do what I do. I love, I, I, I grew up in the theater. I really love storytelling. I love communicating right. with people. All that other stuff is kind of like just, you know, tools of the trade. Right. But it can very be all-consuming and, and seeing uh, on any given day, that it's just, you know, me, 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 me. And so uh, having an outlet, being on the board of an organization has really been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And, uh, you know, Lavender Effect is an LGBT history organization, uh, and he started it uh, based on um, his experience working with Steven Spielberg on the Shoah Foundation, Um getting oral histories of Holocaust survivors. Okay. And Andy realized that, well, we're doing this for Holocaust survivors. We need to do this for the gay community because people are dying. And so it started like this an oral history of gay pioneers. It's an oral history project for um, AIDS activists. Um, and there's also now a non-binary oral history project. Oh, it's videos and, and they're being compiled um, and then also started uh, gay history tours in downtown Los Angeles, West Hollywood, and in Hollywood. And uh, we also have a performance series, including the, what we call the Gristory Performance Series. So plays or performances about gay history in some level. 
Uh, the the Laws of Air Effect also is developing curriculum for schools for industry. Oh, wow. So it's you know the thing about and this is something I learned from working with the Navajo holy man. It's like at some point I was very concerned about was I allowed to do this, you know, mm-hmm. and because I'm a half, not even a half, maybe I'm about a little more than uh, a quarter, 30% or something, depends on how much Spanish there is in there. <laughs> anyway, so, but he said, well, of course you're, you know, of course, you know, you're Navajo. You, you wouldn't be doing this if you weren't. And then he said, the ancient ones have been waiting for you to tell the story. Mm. And it was in me realizing how important it is to continue to tell the story that, that I brought that experience right to what we're doing in the Lavender Effect. If we don't tell our stories, they're lost. And, you know, years ago, I was in a play in Denver, and it was in a, a real play. It was uh, Iceman Cometh and the young kid who's suicidal. And I often think now that that character was o- O'Neill's son, and he commits suicide, and he's trying to connect with his father, and, you know, um, but when I did this play, I realized that I, like, I think this character is gay because he's attracted to the salesman character. He keeps talking about it, and you know he didn't. He's not into the prostitutes or hitting on him. I'm like, this is a gay kid. So I did it, and then the, the Denver uh, one newspaper gave me this glowing review, and then the Denver Post was like, Mel England misaligned motives, constructive, put making the character homosexual. So I was like, okay, they didn't like it. But then about a year later, I was at a political protest for, at the time, Proposition 2 mm-hmm. in Colorado. And, and I got the bullhorn, and I told the story of how I had realized this character was gay. And then the Denver Post didn't like that. And then I said, you know, I've got a newsflash for the Denver Post. There have been gay characters in stories since the beginning of time. Love that. And just because you don't see it that way, that doesn't mean it's possible. And I just think it's so important that we start telling our stories. Um, so I'm very that. passionate about it. I'm very excited. We're moving to New York for the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a gay history tour of, of, of Christopher uh, Stonewall's vicinity, of the incredible history there, and um, also bringing the Oral History Project to New York. So it's really a really wonderful time for the Lavender Effect. We're going national. Yay! Yay! And, uh, Congratulations! And as a part of that, we're bringing electricity to, uh, as part of our Quistory Performance Series, to uh, New York for the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Yay! So we're going to be doing a couple of performances uh, June 27th and June 29th in New York uh, at St. John's in the Village, which is a couple of blocks away from Stonewall. And we'll talk about it in a second. This is the first time the public can actually see it, right? You guys are doing some things in New York. So that's kind of so exciting. It's a really wonderful thing. So I'm very, very pleased to be part of an organization that, um, you know, we don't tell the stories. There have been, let me put it this way so many people, places, and things have been so invested in, in our erasure. And we have to make our mark. Yeah. Love that. Absolutely. Very cool. All right, well, real quick before we jump into electricity with both of you, let's talk a little bit about maybe this time. No, no. It's kind of, kind of fun. <laughs> Which is like, the, you know, I guess it's not silly, but I've been in development with this film, and I was telling Tommy about this on the, on the drive, but my friend Richard DeFonso, who Terry also knows, is a real-life Liza Minnelli impersonator. He's actually one of the top in New York City. 
And he wrote this film years ago about his experience being a you know, being a Liza impersonator and dating in the gay community. And he was having a hard time because basically, you know, if you do drag, it's definitely kind of a drag to date. Like right. the guys don't want to date Eliza Minnelli in person. Mm-hmm. So um, it's sort of about, it's, but it's a romantic comedy and it takes place in a, wow. uh, in a show, a legend show that's off Broadway with a, a Bette Midler impersonator, a Cher and a Joan Rivers. And they're all also kind of becoming dinosaurs because these are all like 80s legends. Right. So it, there's also this generational struggle with the younger you know, Queens and, mm. um, but it's a comedy and it's a lot of fun, but it's really also about, uh, you know, gay guys seeking intimacy, which is a similar thing that we explore in electricity. Like we're all just trying to find right home, you know, and, um, we deserve that. We definitely do. I yeah. like that. Well, Terry, you wrote this fantastic play. It's had great incarnations starting in LA where, Edward and their brother came and saw it, bringing it to Palm Springs for the first immersive experience. And right. now we've had a couple of um, just production runs in New York where we're kind of trying to attract some people. Talk about people that might not have heard it because I get thousands of listeners every day <laughs> joining the show. Talk a little bit about the play itself, what inspired it, and a little bit about what's going on here. Well, there's two things I want to discover I, I, or um, play around with. Um, one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to tell the journey that all of us here already talked about, the journey from thinking there's something wrong with being gay to the point where you demand equality. Um, that journey takes decades. So this place starts off uh, when we start seeing the action. Uh, actually, the characters meet in 1969. But uh, we start in 83, and it's after their 10th high school reunion. And uh, two opposite gay guys, one guy has moved to California and comes back so impressed that he's made up a wife. Uh, so that he could get through the reunion without being taunted. And the other one is moved to New York. The reunion's in Ohio. Moves to New York, and he's so out and blazing and uh, lives like he doesn't have a future because he doesn't think he's going to live long enough to have one. So they wind up sharing a hotel room. There's this connection, this electricity that brings them back to that same room after the reunion from 83, 93, 03, 13. So you see them over four decades. And it's also this crazy love story. So you, you see how the world, the world changes them and how they change, but you also explore intimacy and being screwed up and how to get through it and all this stuff about a situation romantic. Um, and um, I think people have really, really related to these characters and related to the journey. And it's been such a reward to hear the feedback of people who will talk to me months after seeing the play and say, I can't get Brad and Gary out of my head. They're just stuck there. Or straight people will say, I had no idea. I didn't even think of it as a gay play. To me, it was just a story about love, and I related to the whole thing. So it's just been a wonderful journey, and it's funny, and it's moving, and it's sexy, and no. Uh, there you go. The, the, the funnest part about it for me is that it really does tell the journey of a generation. They meet the summer of 69 of Stonewall, oh, right. and then literally it tracks through to present day. And you, and, and it's in that context, because this really hasn't been a play or anything like that that tells that whole story, except for Long Road to Freedom, which Billy directed. Right. Uh, here's a plug for Billy's documentary, Long Road to Freedom, which right. Harry is also in. But um, it, it tells that whole story. Yeah. It's good to document that 
period with a work like that, a creative work, and to tell our stories through history. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. And talk about the traveling part of it. I mean, Terry, you got to bring it back to Ohio, where you're from. Thanks to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you were the connection. Yeah. And you um, got to bring it there. You got to bring it. Both got to bring it to Minnesota, the way it was. And you're a big part of bringing it to New York. Talk about what it's like in these different locations. Is it the universal themes attracting everybody? Is it kind of getting some different vibes at different places? Well, it's been really cool. Like, uh, Columbus was a year ago right now. And because uh, they just came up with my Facebook, like your your right. you know, your memory. Um, and the, I'm from Ohio. The play takes place in Ohio, and it's about classmates. And I, my mom's there, so it's like you know. And I had a different. I I was just a cast member. I we had a different director, and I had a different co-star, Ralph Scott, who's fantastic. So um, I just I went on that journey. Like I got to be okay. I wrote the play, but now I'm just an actor, and I'm going to get directed and. I mean, people that I know are going to be coming to it, and it was really a cool experience. I mean, my mom sitting in the front row, you know, like her one comment was, well, that cow could have been a little bigger. (laughs) 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 Or when she was there the last show, her phone's ringing like crazy in the front row. Oh, no. And she won't answer it. And the play's over, and I'm like, Mom, your phone was ringing the whole time. And she says, I... I didn't want anybody to know it was mine. <laughs> That's hilarious. But my classmates were so lovely. I mean, I think I had 17 classmates come to opening night. Yeah. And, uh, and for them to be so accepting, uh, it, it, uh, you know, because it's about a character who gets teased in high school, and I was teased in high school, but not by the people who came to my play. You know, it's people who just don't know you. Yeah. The people right. who yeah. don't know you, who torment you, because they got issues. Right. They have issues. Sounds like cyber. Yeah. Well, yeah. because you know we have you know, people who don't know you and their yeah. identity. Yeah. Yeah. But if they know you, they, they yeah. You know. But if but if they're if they're revealed, then they won't. Yeah. So that was Columbus. Mel, tell them about Minneapolis. I mean, it was great. Oh, Minneapolis was was incredible. And I think I think we were both really kind of genuinely shocked. We knew we were going to this cabaret space, uh, at a camp bar at. In St. Paul, Paul, which is just so oh, yay camp bar with yeah. you. But well, we thought, but it was actually huge. And the reason we were there. Oh, right. Uh, oh, so guys who saw the play here and indulge, Greg and uh, Steve. And so they said, come down here. They set us up, so we went to go do it. And it just like I had seen pictures of the space because we were trying to figure out how we were going to do it. And then we get there, and then the like stage manager Ben, good old Ben. Like pulls back this back curtain. It's like we've got the set for a motel room, like literally right there. Like, wow. oh yeah, we had this set. So we had it was really kind of the perfect setting, and we had a we had a great. I mean, we had people. We had sometimes we had people like there was one guy who came could not stop crying after the show. Iraqi war veteran. He really related because mm-hmm. there's stuff about them after hotel in there. We had, um, we had Amy Danielson was our PR, and she got us. We only had three performances, three performances, and she got us reviews, and they, every reviewer that came said, oh, my God, I love this so much. I'm going to write the review right now so that you can help get an audience. Yeah. So every, every time they came, they wrote that night that we had. And then we got the awards. We got Best Production of the Year alongside Hamilton. We were in the same category as Out of Town Tours, and we got yeah. we and got it with Hamilton. We got Doctor. Wow. That was, like, incredible. You know, it was just – 
lovely. And um, it, I think for me, the, the experience of taking it somewhere else, I had been concerned as a, a you know, New York actor, like that whatever we would discover here in the hotel is very intimate. And can we take that and transfer it into a larger space? And we did. We absolutely did. Yeah. And now, I don't know that you know this, but we are expanding here in Palm Springs. We're going to get a new venue that we're staying here, but we're also adding a, a venue, which hasn't, I can't say yet because we haven't signed a deal, but we're going to add a big venue, which has like four times more seats. Wow. And um, so we're going to, we're going to expand and take this next leap. And we're also, we've been back and forth this last year uh, for Broadway. Uh, you know, a couple of, when we started this almost the, the first weekend, a friend of mine was from New York, came and saw the show, and she was like, you guys really need to bring this to New York. And then after a while, every single time a New Yorker was in the audience, like literally they would say, you need to bring it to New York. And New Yorkers don't, you know, pull your legs. So I was like, after enough of them did, I was like, okay. So I made some phone calls. I got a few, you know, Broadway people on my belt. So I was like, great. And four Broadway producers there the first time there, and literally all four were interested. And so we're like, okay, this is a good sign. So it's a year later, we've got, we're assembling a team, we're raising money, we've got some money on board, we need some more, but we're on our way. We're taking this thing off Broadway. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So sad. You're going to be here for the next couple nights here in Palm Springs. Yeah. If you're listening local in Palm Springs, this is an immersive experience here in Indulge. It's really, a, I mean, people who've seen it in theaters, I've seen it here, but if you can see it in the hotel room, it's super special. It's very cool to get to do that. And, and electricitytheplay.com. If you're in New York, you can also use that to come see us in New York. All the information is electricitytheplay.com. Great. We only have five minutes left, so let's go ahead and do the whole social and everything and kind of wrap it up. So, again, why don't Mel and Terry, you start. Give your social media where they can find you. Um, talk about, give the address again for the play. And when you're going to date, you're going to be in New York. Okay, electricitytheplay.com. We're going to be in New York on the 27th and 29th of June at 2 p.m. So we're sort of in the middle of the day, so you can still do fun stuff at night. Um, we're, we're not going to hog your day. Um, and what? He's, he's nodding at me. You can't see that. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. good. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. Um, and here, we're, we're, this is uh, Monday, so tomorrow, Tuesday. And Wednesday, we still have some tickets left if you can um, check us out. And we have dates through the rest of the year here in Palm. Yeah. Yeah. All the dates are on the website, and we will be adding a lot more very soon. Mm -hmm. ElectricityToPlay.com, ElectricityToPlay on Instagram. ElectricityToPlay on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. And you can find me at Mel England, uh, actor on Facebook, or you can just Mel England on Facebook. Uh, Twitter mm-hmm. and oh, I know. Four M's Melling it on Instagram. No, it's like a mm, like yeah. delicious. Like, oh, mm, oh, okay. Mm, okay. No, I don't say it that way. I go. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm Instagram. I'm, I'm Terry Ray nine oh six on Twitter. I'm Gator Gun because I used to have a Gator Gun. Um, but yeah. So I'm Gator Gun on Twitter and on Facebook, Terry Ray. Yeah, he's a ball guy. Adrian, we got an album here that we're going to give away. I'll give you details on that tomorrow's show. Thank you so much for that CD. We appreciate it. Great. Where can they find you and talk about the upcoming 
tour where they might be able to find your first I'm, talk? I'm going to be at the Hilton Orlando in Orlando, Florida on, on, on June 30th through July 5th at the MCC conference there. And the rest of my dates you can see on adrianchristian.com. Very good. That's A-D-R-I-A-N? Yes, and Christian, that's in the religion. And you, and you can uh, write me. You can check out my music videos. There's lots of fun stuff there, pictures, vintage stuff. Um, so you can hear and see all the music there and, and all my and your social is I, Adrian, right, I believe? Uh, that's uh, Instagram, and my Twitter handle is Adrian Christian. Super duper. Tommy? I am Tico71 on everything. You can find me there. Oh, <laughs> and uh, also, I misspoke for Matthew Dennis Lewis is on the screen we're losing on that day. Oh, okay. I have my name is in my head from Vampire Diaries, but it's <laughs> Matthew Dennis Lewis. So look him up. You'll find out more about things on sale. And I will be speaking at the LGBT Summit on the 20th in New, New York City. And you can find me at Electricity in New York City, probably, because I'll go see that. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> Same day review, baby. Let's do it. And I will be starring in Electricity.
And now I'm sitting here so ignorant You handed me my ticket Now I'm headed back home It's a land Yeah, it's a crazy land Where people get destroyed So wrecked from being toyed Oh, he's the man A handsome angel man He knew just where to aim And now I'm stuck inside his game In shame Time to set myself free from here. 